0: and thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat is Natalie Silverstein. She has a master's in public health. She is an author, speaker, consultant, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. Her first book, Simple Acts, The Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back was published in 2019 and was named as one of the top books for parents who want to raise kind kids by the HuffPost. Her second book, Simple Acts, The Busy Teen's Guide to Making a Difference will be published in July, 2022. Natalie is the New York coordinator of Doing Good Together She curates a free monthly email listing of family-friendly service opportunities that is distributed to thousands of subscribers. Natalie holds a master's degree from Yale. And without further ado, please welcome Natalie Silverstein to Jumps Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Genesis. This is such a pleasure. I'm so happy
0: to meet you. My pleasure, Natalie. And before we dive into today's topic, which we're going to focus on kindness, mental health, as well as some of the other areas that you love to speak on, I definitely want to give the audience a chance to connect with you more on a personal level. So I like to do two options here, which are to either break the ice up front or play a rapid fire 10 question game. So (laughs) what what are you in the mood for? I think rapid fire. I think that sounds good. Okie dokie. Here we go. Question number one. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Wow. Uh, I think reading minds. Number two, favorite quote.
1: Oh, wow. That's a hard one. I guess um, one of my favorites is from Arthur Ashe, which is um, start where you are. uh,
0: Use what you have. Do what you can. Number three. If you could go anywhere in the world, money was no option. And here's the kicker. You just found out that they're no longer flying back to your home base. Where are you heading?
1: Yikes. Um, That is a good one. Uh, I'll say Italy, maybe, because the food is so wonderful. (laughs) I'd be happy living there and eating that food forever.
0: Or if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be?
1: Wow. Well, um, if it was only one moment, that's a hard choice since I have three children and I would love to remember what it was like to hold them all uh, the very first time. But if I only get to pick one, I would never pick one of my children over the others. And I would say it would be finishing the New York City Marathon in honor of my 40th birthday. That was a really exciting and wonderful day. I wish I could live that again.
0: Ah, that is amazing. And then, Five, if you could have lunch or dinner with any person, living or dead, who would it be? Wow,
1: I guess I would have to say my mom because she passed away in October. And I think, and she was 90, you know, and I had her for a really long time. But I think that uh, you always wish she had a little more time to say something else. So I wish I could have one more meal with her. We, food was sort of our connecting point. So that's, she comes to mind immediately.
0: Oh, ditto. And I'm sorry for your loss today would have been my dad's 65th birthday. He passed away in November of 2020. So I totally agree with you on that one. Six, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice to save you a lot of trials and maybe tribulations you've endured, what would that be? Wow. That is a good one. Um, I would
1: say I've, I've been thinking a lot about parenting, um, older children now. My kids are 21, 19, and 14. I think I would tell my younger parent self, my younger mother self. um, It kind of doesn't, don't stress it all so much. Don't stress the small stuff. Um, It's all going to be okay. I remember Anna Quinlan wrote this wonderful um, essay about motherhood, and she said, I wish I had cared more about the doing than the getting it done and so I think I would tell my younger self, and I know you're expecting a child, and it's so wonderful, but I, I wish I hadn't worried so much about the small stuff.
0: Mm, okay, so don't sweat the small stuff.
1: It all, it's all going to turn out however it's going to turn out, and kind of what you do doesn't really matter. And that's the secret that no one tells you. <laughs> they are who they are.
0: it coffee tea or neither oh my goodness are you kidding me
1: coffee 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 I've already had like four cups today to prepare for talking to you so (laughs) coffee but it must have cream and sugar and as my husband likes to say I don't actually like coffee I like the sweet stuff that you put in coffee to make it palatable
0: (laughs) oh okay (laughs) hey okay here's a good one if you won the lottery, what charities are you donating to?
1: Wow, that is a good one. Um, I think I would start with um, hunger relief uh, in New York City. Um, close second would be uh, the foster care system, foster youth. I have a, a real desire to help, particularly older foster children who start to age out of that system um, and finding them permanent homes. Um, I think education is a really important charity. If I if I only won one lottery. I think it's, uh, I've already probably spent all of my money, but um, homelessness and hunger certainly in New York City, um, education and foster care.
0: And nine. If you could be a fly on the wall and listen to any conversation, past or present, whose are you eavesdropping on?
1: Yikes. Um, that's a good one, too. Um, wow, I think uh, right this minute, um, I'm of Ukrainian heritage. So if I could be a fly on the wall, I wish I could um, fly over to the Kremlin and figure out what's actually going on over there so I could let people know. Um, that comes to mind immediately, um, uh, which is you know, a, a sad situation, but I, I, wish, I wish there was something I could do to help that. And maybe if I was a fly on the wall, I'd have some information that might be helpful. <laughs>
0: yes insider information to help you know warn um the people over there
1: just to figure it out sure
0: and 10 this is our pass or play question natalie so if you play i ask one last question if you pass our re- roles are reversed for this question and you get to ask me a question okay. so do you want to pass or play i'll play okay so, the last question since you are a mother, what advice outside of the ones that you've already mentioned would you give to a young, upcoming mother or a seasoned parent that may have forgotten to, you know, kind of just let go? Right.
1: Um, wow. I think the one I shared earlier is certainly the biggest one. I think um, I'm not going to say enjoy it. They grow up so fast. Aren't you lucky? I wish I could be, you know, I think that those things are um, unfair to say to a young mother who is um, struggling with what is a very, very challenging time. Um, But I would probably say um, to, again, not sweat the small stuff and remember it's, you know, what people always say, little kids, little problems. And so um, bigger kids, bigger problems, but just to embrace the journey and to know that they come out of the womb and however your family is grown um, through adoption, through foster ca- uh, care, through birth of your own children children, through caring for uh, other members of your family. I believe that every child comes into this world with their own soul and their own spirit and their own personality. And truly nothing you do is going to change that. So to embrace it and to get to know them and to let them fly roots and wings.
0: Amazing. That is some really sound and solid advice. So, thank you so much, Natalie, for playing Rapid Fire Genesis. Now, let's segue into you our topic. Music. You need like a
1: music or like a spinning <laughs> something spinning behind you. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a good idea. I may have to look into that. <laughs> have like a do 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 yeah, like audio visual. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to segue into our topic, which are your niches. So as we as we know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's also Lupus Awareness Month. And for those of you listening, lupus is an autoimmune disease. So I always like to highlight both of them. But for the premises of this segment, we're going to focus on mental health awareness, and we're going to talk about kindness. We're also going to learn... Why Natalie feels so strongly that the proven physical and mental benefits of service and how it can help you transform lives. So Natalie before we dive into that, give us a little background of your story like what made you focus on the areas that you're working on now.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I have these three kids who are kind of grown now, but when they were younger, we were living in where we still live in New York City. And I was sort of shocked and, and kind of appalled that as I looked around the community, I, I had trouble finding organizations, nonprofits that would accept us as volunteers. My kids were, let's call it 10, 8, and, you know, five. And we wanted to volunteer. I think I understood instinctively, as most parents do, that the best way to raise grateful, grounded, compassionate, empathetic kids, you know, good people, is to have them turn their gaze outward, to have them see other people, to know other people, to understand how other people live, and to help. I I think that just is sort of the baseline of of my sort of moral compass, and I couldn't believe that nobody wanted us, which I understand, um, you know, uh, from a big picture view that small children uh, can get into things and there are um, insurance issues, et cetera. But whenever I would contact an organization and say, I'd like to volunteer with my children, they'd say, oh, no, no, we don't take children here. And then I'd say, well, you know, I'd like to come myself and volunteer, my husband and I. And they'd say, oh, well, if you're going to come too, (laughs) as if I would drop off a 10 year old and an eight year old and a five year old and and take off and go get coffee, right? So I was like, of course I'll sign a waiver, um, anything you need, but we we would like to do hands-on service together in the community. So um, it sort of shocked me that there was no, There was no sort of portal, there was no website, there was no database of organizations that would accept us as volunteers. So I connected with Doing Good Together, which I would love your listeners to look up um, online. It's doinggoodtogether.org. And that is just a wonderful national organization based in Minneapolis, um, that provides resources to help uh, parents raise kids who are kind and who contribute. And that's just a super simple and elegant mission that I, I which I also, um, you know, espoused. So I reached out to them and I said, can I be your eyes and ears in New York City? Can I provide this service um, this curated list of family-friendly volunteer opportunities for folks in New York. And of course the founder said, oh, I've been meaning to branch out all over the country and you'll be the first person. And now we're all over in bunches of cities all over the United States. And so there are lots of people like me in other towns who do this work and it's very gratifying. So I started doing uh, the listing and then I became almost overnight sort of the uh, contact person uh, whenever anyone in the community needed a place to volunteer, a place to donate, um, gently used clothing or coats or ice skates. Um, A child was having a bar about mitzvah. What, What could they do for a service project? A birthday party. How can I ask for donations in lieu of gifts? And all of these wonderful things. And I started sort of consulting and talking to folks and just sharing this wealth of information And I thought to myself, there is a book here, and I think parents really want this information. They need it. They would use it, but they're just not going to look for it themselves, if I'm being honest. They know that it's a good idea, but they don't want to take the time to really figure it out. So I wrote um, Simple Acts, the Busy Families Guide to Giving Back, which was geared towards young families. Um, Pretty much up to age 10 or so. And the day that it came out, truly the the day of my party to celebrate this book, um, people came up to me and said, this is great, but could you write one for teenagers now? And I said, "Well, maybe I could just enjoy this moment today, and I'll start." Um, so that was in 2019, and I was able to um, switch publishers and uh, sold the book to do kind of a sequel for teens. And so the new book is really written for teenagers, not for parents. Um, so that was a challenge. You know, I have I have teenagers, but you know, you don't want to be preachy. Uh, you want to share why this is a good idea. And I think that's what we're going to get into a little bit, which is this notion that, you know, looking outside of ourselves, stop, you know, stopping the navel gazing that we all tend to do actually has tremendous physical and emotional and mental health benefits. And I think particularly now after two years of this pandemic, um, we really all need this. It is a gift to give our children. And so why wouldn't we Um, to allow them to give them the space to explore the issues that they care about, to find their passion and their purpose. And I believe that it actually makes people feel better and be happier and live longer. And so it's a gift. Um, So I wrote the book for the teens and it's coming out this summer and I'm really excited to promote it and to talk to parents and to talk to teens, to talk to educators, after school professionals, camp professionals, Um, I don't know about you, but I think that this kindness and service and being a good human being, this is just, this is it. This is, this is success. This is the most important thing that we can be talking about with our kids, not more tutoring, right? Absolutely. (laughs) What college they get into, because you and I both know that that at the end of the day means really nothing.
0: Absolutely. And I want to, um, spend some time on the first book and then um, work my way to the second book because sometimes uh, it is very true what you said sometimes people want to do good but they don't necessarily want to allocate the time to go find the resources because they have so many other things that they're busy doing and what they fail to realize is that some of the schools do have um, different community groups that they partner with like junior achievement key club which is the Kiwanis club where they do service Activities, um, United Way, yeah, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts, yes.
1: the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, um, you know, a lot of, like as you said, junior leagues. I've been speaking to a lot of junior leagues out on the West Coast. I mean, it's, it's out there if you choose to look for it. Um, and one thing that I would say about what you, you suggested there, which is so true, is it's the idea of prioritizing, right? There's this author, Laura Vanderkam, and she, she wrote something that says, if you, um, instead of saying we don't, um, it's not, we don't have time for something, change what you, your phrase and say, it's not a priority for us and see how that feels. So if you say to your children, we have to go to soccer and we have to go visit grandma and then we have to go over here and then we have to go over there. So we don't have time to go and work at the soup kitchen this this afternoon. If you change that and say, soccer is a priority and certainly visiting grandma is a priority, but soccer is a priority and ice skating is a priority and tutoring is a priority. But going and working at the soup kitchen is not our priority. What have you just taught your child about the values of your family? And so we prioritize so much for our children, and we are doing that more and more and more in the last few generations, right? Like, you know, parent went from being a noun to a verb, right? And so we do, 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 and we organize, and we plan, and we schedule, schedule, schedule. I would argue and suggest to you, and this is my main argument in my book, is that service and kindness can be incorporated into your daily routines in an organic and manageable way. This is not another thing for your checkbox. This is just something that if you are mindful of it and intentional about it, that it is a part of the way that you raise your family, period. Absolutely. And just, like, just, just like all these other things that you seem to find the time for, this is something that is so important to find the time to do.
0: And I would say if you just build it in your calendar where you're either doing it once a month or twice a month, whether you're doing it in the, it on the weekday or the weekend when you have more time to really control your schedule I think that you could squeeze it in but also listen listening to your kids trying to see what they're passionate about and letting them know that it is okay to pay it forward it's okay to have acts of services acts of gratitude and kind of figure out what your kids love language is because your your kids love language may be that acts of service and they may feel good and build themselves up whenever they're giving back to others and we have all heard the sentiment that it is better to give than receive so since you have put your book out there natalie what are some of the parents saying about the book what it's some um and yeah i would say what are some of the parents saying and then have your kids read it to give you their point of view from uh, a child's perspective
1: I mean, listen, um, the, the first book I wrote for young families when my kids were already sort of a little bit older. So, so much of the book and, and you'll, you know, um, there are sidebar stories that of course incorporate my children, right? Like I want to tell the story about the time that we went on a vacation and we wanted to do a service project. and my My kid couldn't figure out why we were doing that. So they are, they're very much a part of the book. So they, this is just how they were raised. So this is not a a huge surprise to them. What I find about the book, the first book, certainly is parents tell me that they leave it out on the coffee table or on on the dining room table or whatever, and the kids will pick it up and flip through it and find something fun that they want to do or that they want to try. So there's a chapter on incorporating service projects and donation boxes and things and activities into birthday parties or to other milestone events. And so again, I'm not suggesting that you don't have the birthday party that you want to give to your child with all of the stuff and the balloons and the goodie bags and all of that. But this chap this chapter of this book suggests that there's space and there's room in that all of that wonderful stuff to let your child decide um, a charity that they care about and a way that their party might might celebrate and raise that issue to their guests and is a way for them to share their good fortune. Like they're having a party and people are coming and showering them with love and all these gifts that they don't really need. How can they share that with others? In a way that is meaningful to them. And so if they are, if they love sports, could they do a little collection of used sports equipment so they can donate that to a local boys and girls club, whatever it is. So I I give these ideas starting with like a child's first birthday. I mean, here you are about to have a baby. And so I want to promise you that at your child's first birthday, they won't know they're having a party. In fact, my daughter fell asleep at her first birthday. The party's for you. <laughs> right, and your partner to celebrate the fact that you have actually survived this year. And so, in that moment, making something um, charitable, having uh, donations in lieu of gifts, or doing um, centerpieces of little books that you then give to a charity that collects books for children. Um, It's both a colorful centerpiece for your party and then is something that you can give back to your community. All of those things are not impacting your child necessarily because they're only a year old, but it is setting the tone and the precedent for how your family will raise this child and how you're gonna be in the world, how you're going to live your values as, as you raise your child. I'll never forget, I was speaking to a group of young mothers and one young lady said, it's funny, I was, I grew up and I remember doing all of this stuff, but I don't remember when it started. Like, I don't remember the first time we went to the food pantry that we always went to, or the first time we cooked a Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving. I just remember we always did that. And so I said, you just kind of answered, you know, you're, you, <laughs> you just answered your question, your own question, right? There is no, when do you start? You just always do it because it is just a part of how you live your life and how you want to raise raise your family. So I do think that parents have appreciated the book tremendously. I think kids actually really enjoy it. It's kind of a fun, approachable, which is, you know, what I wanted it to be. I didn't want it to be this kind of heavy thing. And I also don't want to guilt people, right? Like this isn't about creating a burden on folks. This is about reminding you that this is fun and it's good. And it brings you so much joy. As you said, the helper's high is a real thing. And you get more sometimes than the person that you're helping.
0: Yes, because it like fills you up. As you're pouring out onto others, it helps fill your cup back Mm -hmm. up. And then one of the things that I like is the idea that you just mentioned on having different activities that you could do and then later on turn around and donate Um, Whether they're tangible items to someone else in need. One of the things that I did around the holidays when I was working in oil and gas was we partnered with United Way and we adopted a family, but I wanted to actually not just give the gifts to the United Way Center I actually wanted to go meet the young mother with the two kids because it was more impactful to see them open the gifts versus just dropping them off at the center and then she comes and picks it up so I really advocated for that and I thought it was a beautiful thing another um, idea is around the holidays you could come up Um, Find board games that you like to play as a kid and play the different board games and then take those and donate them to um, children who don't have the board games and I think that's really fun because it releases your inner child but then it also gives a child a need, something that their parents weren't able to afford for them. And it doesn't cost you much because we all know there's holiday sales that go on, especially like before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. So um, just really be thinking outside the box of how you could be a blessing to others in a time of need. And that's where kindness stems from. And then another thing that you'd like to talk about, Natalie, is empathy, because I feel like we need to have more empathy in the world where we understand that it's okay that we may not be in the same socioeconomic status as somebody, it's okay if we don't necessarily look that like that individual or whatever, but we have more commonalities versus differences. So can you highlight on empathy just briefly? And then we're going to jump into the call to action.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always say empathy is a muscle like any other muscle and it needs to be flexed and it needs to be practiced and exercised, right? You would never hand a child a violin and expect them to pick it up and know how to play it, Right. And so empathy is the same thing. We need to practice this. We need to give children an opportunity to meet people, as you said, who do not look, think, talk, speak, everything the same exact as us, because it it opens their minds to others um, and it allows them to put themselves in someone else's shoes, right? So empathy is that. It is the ability to say, I can, I can appreciate, I can understand, I am making an effort to put myself in your place, walk a mile in your shoes to see how that feels. And so people think that's uncomfortable. People think it's they don't want to expose their children to difficult issues, homelessness, etc. I remind everybody two things one is language is very important. A person isn't homeless. A person is experiencing homelessness or is unhoused right now because every human being that is currently unhoused at one time in their life lived in a home and they may have a home to go to but for some reason they don't feel safe there or they can't be there. And so they make different choices. And that person may need our compassion, our empathy, and our help today. And our hope is to get them into a better place. And the other thing that I, and so a person isn't poor, a person isn't disadvantaged, a person isn't homeless. They are currently experiencing hardship, currently experiencing financial hardship, housing issue, et cetera. So if you can start to just, and it's so hard because we all want to talk fast and say these things to our kids, like, you know, you're better, you know, you're better off than them. You have more than so that you just, you try and shorthand it for kids, but words are important. And so try and use the right words from the get-go. And the other issue is I try to remind everyone, like, we do this work because right now we're in a position to help someone in whatever way possible with our hands, with our financial resources, with donating items that we no longer need um, that are still in very good condition. And someday, for sure, we are going to be in need of help. So we help others when we can, because at some point in our lives and at some point in the past, we have been the beneficiary of help from others. And that is true, whether it's a scholarship at school or assistance when there's been a a loss in our family and people surrounding us with love and concern and food, you know, that is the, that's the quid pro quo here, right? Like we want to remind kids, it's not always us sort of coming in and helping and saving, that is not the, that's not the dynamic we wanna set up. We wanna set up that this is a privilege we have to be able to go out and serve in our community and do good things for others and work together with others to do this work and hopefully work collaboratively with those who are being helped because someday we're gonna need help too. Um, I think
0: Absolutely. That's- and I would just um, say this too, do not discount or discredit the transition period, because that transition period is going to be the transformation that you need later on in life. And there's always a valuable lesson to learn while you're going through the transition. So I tell people, find your explosive. What's your TNT? What's your transition experience? And how was it transformational? So now let's jump into the call to action, Natalie. So when our audience hears this segment on kindness, um, just Making sure that they are cognizant of the mental the mentalness behind being kind and etc. What are they going to get out of it? What's going to drive them to create that inspiration or motivate them to do more in the kindness and empathy space? What do you want them to do when they hear you share your knowledge?
1: I think I want every person who hears this to think to themselves hmm, I always say I'm so busy and I don't have time and I wish I had more time to help others. I wish I had more time to go and volunteer. And the truth is you have the time. So make the time. It's not about finding the time, it's about making the time. And when you do that, the benefits that you will reap from this, the good feeling that you will receive, the the literal endorphin rush that you will get from this work, it's like a drug. It is, it's been studied. The research has shown that when you help another person, even a person who doesn't know that you help them, who doesn't acknowledge that you help them, the endorphin rush, the good feeling that you get, get is similar to that of, of, a, of like a drug high or they call it a runner's high or something. There's an endorphin rush in your brain. Why would you not want to experience that? And once you do, you will see that both you have the time because you can make the time and that you are so grateful and so glad for having done it, right? That the gift, that the giver actually gets a greater gift. And so I think that if you just get over the hump of, or the other hump is, Ugh, there are so many problems in the world, I can't possibly change everything. I can't help anybody. Nothing I do is going to make a difference. I really, my call to action on this is please don't fall into that trap. Because if you say a kind word to one person, you hold the door for somebody, you pay for coffee for the person behind you at the, sh- at the coffee shop. You don't know what your action is going to do, the ripple effects of what you have just done, because as they always say, you don't know what burdens anyone is carrying. And so your kindness, your smile, your friendly attitude, your looking someone in the eye, your help today could cha- literally change someone's life, and you may not ever know it. And so I want everyone to get over those um, sort of feudalistic, um, ugh, I'm too too busy and nothing I do is ever going to change anything anyway. Because as soon as we can start living that way, our young people, our teenagers, our children will see that it is worth the effort. It is always worth the time. And that we never know what ripples of goodness we will spark. And so I just just would encourage everyone to, to do that especially after this last few years. I think this is all we've got, right? To get ourselves out of this mess is helping each other out. And we've seen so many heroes come out of the pandemic, people who risk their own lives to bring us our groceries and to care for those who are ill. And if we haven't learned anything in this is that we need each other. We just do.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that, Natalie. And how can the audience connect with you, plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media?
1: Absolutely. I'm almost exclusively on Instagram, which is Guide. Just simple acts Guide at simple acts Guide. And my web website is also simpleactsguide.com. And on the website, you'll find links to both books. And you can certainly pre-order the new book for teenagers, um, which comes out again in a couple of months. Um, and the old book is still available. I think it's out there on Amazon. So I post almost daily. And I try to amplify really wonderful stories of people doing good work. In the world, I try and highlight nonprofits that I support and and the work that I'm doing. And I just honestly, I I only put good, positive messages out there. Um, and those are the only things that I really want to look at. Um, so, Simple Acts Guide on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, SimpleActsGuide.com.
0: And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Natalie Silverstein. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a consistent basis to support the guests that I bring on, as well as the mission behind GEMS Podcast, which is to educate inspire, and motivate while we intersect the dots of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. And because of each one of you, we are now ranked in the top two and a half percent out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. I'm also looking for brand sponsors you can find out more information by heading on over to genesisamarskemp.net clicking on that podcast tab and finding more information so until we chat next time Remember, people always make time for what they want to do, so you have more than enough time to build in kindness and have empathy towards other people because if the shoe was on the other foot, you would want someone to do the same for you. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day.